son, Sarah, has admitted that she broke her vow of poverty by stealing $835,000 from a California school where she works to fund her gambling. Uh, Mary Margaret Kriper will spend a year in prison for wire fraud and money laundering. I have sinned, I've broken the law and I have no excuses, she said at her sentencing in Los Angeles. For over a decade, she embezzled funds from tuition and donations to the St James Catholic School, where she was principal. She then instructed other school employees to also destroy financial records to cover up the crime. And the money, which according to prosecutors could have covered school fees for over a dozen students, was spent on trips to casinos and holidays for Kriper and her friends. Do you think she took the rest of the nuns with her? I don't know. <laughs> uh, the scheme was revealed during an audit after Kriper retired in 2018. The judge said he struggled with weighing legal punishment against pleas for forgiveness from Catholic families whose children were taught at St James's. He ordered her to spend 12 months behind bars and to pay back the school the $835,339. Uh, she told the judge she was profoundly sorry and would spend the rest of her life trying to follow more closely in Christ's footsteps. But he never went to a casino. Her lawyers said she had been suffering from mental illness, which clouded her judgment. I don't know about gambling. My building used to be owned by the nuns, so when I bought my flat, I bought it off the nuns that lived next door to me. What did they, they do with the money? They were a bit miserable, actually. Well, the nuns. I always thought when I moved in, I thought, oh, great, if ever, you know, need a cup of sugar or chat <laughs> or just a shoulder to cry on, they'll be there. But they, they yeah, they weren't that friendly. Oh, dear. <laughs> no, they used the money to build a, a, a home I've in, the, nor in the north nice, of France. met some very nice nuns. No, 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 I'm not generalising, yeah, of course. Okay. I'm just saying that was my experience. Nuns on the run. As <laughs> St Paul said, money is the root of all evil. It's 18 minutes past eight. And now it's time for Woofer of the Week on 106.5 Riviera Radio. Two pictures for the price of one, and it's Good News Week with Dawn Howards. Hello, Dawn. <laughs> Hello there, good morning. Right, let's have the good news, please. Yes, let's start with some good news. Do you remember Charlie, the German shepherd we featured two weeks ago? I do remember Charlie, yes. He's been adopted, which Excellent. is really good news. And then just before I started to speak to you, I had a quick check, and Pepite has also been adopted. She was from last week. Ah, Pepite was very cute. Yeah, so that's good news, isn't it? Yeah, it is. OK, uh, right, uh, so two pictures for the price of one. You will explain more. I will. So today we have our first three-legged dog looking for the best forever home. Sadly, Silver lost his leg after being hit by a car, but actually he's doing really well. He's seven months old, so he's still a puppy. He's house trained and he's a border collie type dog with the sweetest face and a very kind nature. What he needs is two visits to the osteopath a year and good caring owners. But otherwise, it's just like having a regular four legged dog. He moves, he runs, he plays and Silver is chipped, vaccinated and sterilized. He gets on with other cats and dogs. As we know, that's a real plus. And uh, he needs owners who will be present for a big part of the day, too. So the maximum people could be away is three to four hours in a day and preferably a house where he can avoid too many stairs and not very young children. He'll grow to be a medium sized dog, so around 20 kilos. And if you think that he could be the one for you, then please email. This is all one word. Um, Brindachance06 at gmail.com to find out more and to be sent their questionnaire. Which leg is he missing, Dawn? One of the back ones. I think okay. Back mm. leg, which is actually better if it's a back leg and not a front leg. It's amazing uh, how animals adapt so when they lose a limb, isn't it? 
It really is. I've seen a little video of him playing in the sea last weekend, and he really was just like a normal dog. It's absolutely fascinating. It's wonderful stuff. Is there any chance of him being fitted with a prosthetic in the future or not? I don't know. I really don't know. I think actually he's doing so well and uh, he'll get so strong that he probably won't need to. Okay. right. Well, thank you very much. My absolute pleasure. What was his name again? Sorry. Silver. Ah, Silver. Silver. That's a nice easy one, isn't it? Is it? Silver Machine, Silver Lady, Hi-Ho Silver. (laughs) Choices. Choices. Right. Well, I will decide. Thank you, Dawn. Speak to you next week. Thank you very much, Rob. That was Woofer of the Week. For more details about this week's Woofer, go to the 106.5 Riviera Radio page on Facebook or our website at rivieraradio.mc. Woofer of the Week on 106.5 Woof Viera Radio. The Press Review is brought to you by BMW Cote d'Azur. Uh, From The Guardian today, a group of Conservative politicians and their allies are on the front line of a new climate war and are attempting to derail the government's green agenda, according to claims by leading climate scientists. Tory MPs and peers in the Net Zero Scrutiny Group have gained widespread media coverage in the past month, attempting to link the government's net zero agenda to the cost of living crisis and calling for cuts to green taxes and an increase of fossil fuel production. Some members claim the government's plans to reach net zero emissions by 2050 have been dreamed up by out-of-touch elites and would impoverish working people, making them colder and poorer. In this morning's Le Mans, France will soon drop its requirement for vaccinated travellers from outside the European Union to produce a negative Covid test on entering the country as daily infection numbers continue to fall. Currently, anyone coming from outside the EU, including Britain, has to show a negative test result from the previous 48 hours, regardless of vaccination status. Uh, This week, there will probably be a new European protocol for vaccinated people arriving from outside of the EU. And the Melbourne Age says the New South Wales Premier Dominic Pepe Peretet says he's focused on bringing back the remainder of non-urgent elective surgery ahead of easing any other restrictions later this month. The state's staged recommencement of non-urgent elective surgery began on Monday. The first part of the plan allows for operations requiring an overnight stay to return to 75% capacity in private hospitals. BBC World Service News is coming up. The Press Review, brought to you by BMW, Mies Premium Motors, Bayern Avenue Can, BMW Store Monaco, and JPV Fréjus. Boost your business with the electrified range by BMW. Find all the BMW business drive offers at your car dealer. Bit late with the pop quiz, but it's a far away. Question number one. On this day in 1961, which British band appeared for the very first time at the Cavern Club in Liverpool? The Wurzels. Go on. Go well, on. It's obvious, isn't it? Yeah, well, say it. Answer the, the question. Okay, and you get an extra point. They were paid £5 for the lunchtime appearance, but George Harrison was nearly denied admission to play. Why? He was underage. No. He wasn't wearing a tie. No, you're not far off. Wasn't a tie. He wasn't wearing a jacket. <laughs> no. He wasn't wearing any trousers. <laughs> no, because he was wearing jeans. Oh, okay. Question number two on this day in 1985, Madonna started a three-week run at number one in the US album chart with which song, which was a number three hit in the UK? 85. Yeah. Lucky Star. Your final answer? No. No. Um, Material Girl. No. Like a Prayer. No. No. 
like a virgin. Oh. And finally, born oh. on this day in 1963, Dave Rotheray, guitarist with which English group who had the 1990 UK number one single, A Little Time? Um, Peaceful South. Correct. Riviera Radio. Business. Good morning. Good morning. Where have you been? I mean, I know you're going on holiday and you're probably packing your suitcase. No wonder Tui's had a good year, but more about that later. Been waiting for you to send me the link. I know you're not au fait with the common practices of running an international radio station, but if you don't send me the correct links, you're not going to have the top guests on the show, are you? Think about it. Now you do the math. I'm starting to uh, to think uh, that Boris Johnson might be about to wriggle <laughs> off the hook, you know, after you've been putting <laughs> doubts in my mind. This is typical of you. This is typical <laughs> of you. Some very broad, some very aggressive statements coming through. Then it's a very slow climb down when it hasn't gone your way or the way in which you predicted. Yeah, he's having a bit of a charm offensive, isn't he? But I'm not quite sure that making Jacob Rees-Mogg the Minister for Brexit opportunities is the right move. In fact, I'm pretty certain it isn't. But, uh, you know, John for your mates and all that we shall see we shall see just shows you what uh what can happen in politics over the course of a few days one would suspect he's not free and clear yet but uh maybe some of that immediate pressure is starting to dissipate the reality is as i said to you time is your friend in these types of things the longer that you last the, the more time that you put between yourself and the original story eventually people tend to get a little bit bored of it a week is a long time in politics said uh, Howard Wilson. Very good. You weren't even bored when he was Prime Minister. I remember him very well, actually. Can, can well imagine. You, you remember Clement Attlee? And <laughs> no, don't don't uh, quite f- go back that far. It, the, only, the earliest one I can remember is Edward Heath. Lloyd George, you probably remember. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is a very long time ago, and not you and I was born there. Um, just on the subject of uh, Boris Johnson, a uh, pretty damning report by the uh, Cross-Party Committee of British MPs yesterday about uh, Brexit and post-border arrangements. Well, we know that the reality of Brexit has been playing out in terms of the UK economy. It perhaps was uh, overshadowed a little bit by COVID, of course, but we know that they've seen increased friction at the borders. What does that mean? Well, it's disrupted the supply chains. It's resulted in less goods on the shelves. It's also resulted in less supply of labour, and uh, that's particularly important for the UK specifically in some of those key service sectors. You see it in terms of retail, but you also see it across uh, medical services as well. And that poses a major problem in terms of the UK economy. So where's the £350 a week for the NHS? And also uh, Ian Duncan Smith and his cohorts were saying that food will be cheaper and taxes will be lower, which is the complete opposite of what's happening at the moment. (laughs) It appears that way. It appears that way. All right, I'll let you off the hook there. Let's have a look at the markets. Good day on Wall Street yesterday. Uh, Apple and Microsoft uh, giving investors a boost and also uh, Treasury yields jumping, uh, which benefited the banks. Yeah, bond yields continue to rise yesterday. Stocks also rising as investors await this week's, of course, crucial US inflation report. Get the CPI print tomorrow, expected to come in at 7.2% year on year for January. We saw markets have been reacting to that 10-year Treasury yield traded above 1.95% yesterday. That's the highest since July 2019. Stocks doing nicely yesterday, actually led by small caps. We did see strength in consumer discretionary 
Juice Financial was boosting the S&P 500, which closed up 8 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ was up 1.3%. The euro sold off a little bit. This is after the governor of the Bank of France said inflation will be temporary, something we haven't heard for some time. And markets may have overreacted to the hawkish comments at the most recent European Central Bank meeting. In terms of equity markets, yes, they were up yesterday. We should remember the S&P 500 is still down 5% year-to-date. NASDAQ is off 9%. The opening calls on the European bourse is looking positive this morning. Currently calling the FTSE up 58 points. DAX over in Frankfurt up 102 points. CAC Corn in Paris up 48 points. Now, the thing that's bothering uh, consumers most is uh, price rises. I mean, I put some petrol in the car last Friday. It wasn't even a full tank and it cost me 90 euros. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Now, I tell you, what, I get I get my petrol from Tesco's and I put my card in the pump and I think it limits you at £99 and that's not enough to fill the car up. So you have to put the card in twice, which gives you some idea about the world in which we are operating. And crude prices, of course, certainly remained elevated. A number of reasons for that. You've got geopolitical tensions. We wait to see if a diplomatic resolution can play out when it comes to uh, to those tensions over Ukraine, of course. But alongside that, you've got recovering demand, you've got relatively tight supply, stretched inventory levels, long-term, of course, increased environmental regulation and the need for the energy companies to transition. So lots going on in terms of um, the energy market that's filtering through to those inflationary pressures. Alongside that, you've got, of course, global food prices that continue to rise They jumped towards a record high last month, further adding to that surging cost of living for consumers. So if you look at the UN index of prices, it rose 1.1% in January, pushed up by more expensive vegetable oil, dairy, grain and meat. So pretty broad spread. The gauge is getting close to that 2011 all-time high. And if you look at the unfavourable weather conditions for crops, labour shortages and the fallouts we've been talking about from the energy crisis, that's all of which is uh, threatening to keep prices higher for longer going forward. Yet to put your card in twice. Twice. First world problems. First world problems, <laughs> Mr Potts. True, so true. How much is a pint of milk then? Pint of milk is a good question. I want to say 49 pence. Well, I have no idea. I don't live in the UK, but isn't that what they sort of uh, they they um, sort of give these uh, surprise questions to political leaders to see if they're really in touch with the common what man? What do you think a pint of milk is? I don't know. I don't live France. in the UK. In France? Oh, and no, well, we don't have Listen pints. We have, have liters, liters of milk. Okay. Well, how much is a liter of milk? Uh, about seven euros seventy-one. Oh, Seven no, no, euros no, no, for a litre of milk. <laughs> no, you no, sorry, are nuts. Seven... That is someone who's out of touch with society. Seven euros. You are crazy. No, it's, it's seven... I mean, anyone listening to this show has got to question its authority. It's... From a man who thinks that milk costs seven euros a litre. I, I mean, I don't know what type of milk you're having. I mean, I don't know where the cows are coming from that you're getting this seven euro a litre milk. No, I was on. getting confused. That sounds Absolutely extraordinary. It's seven euros seventy-one for a six-pack of Blue Top. <laughs> oh, dear, dear me, yeah. that is a disaster for you. <laughs> you came out with a big one and you bowled yourself out. Very you knocked quickly, over your own wickets. Very, <laughs> very quickly. Uh, Two is having a good year, no doubt, on the uh, back of uh, the Potts household uh, uh, booking a no expenses holiday to well, Switzerland. 
Milk is so much cheaper here, we're allowed to go on holidays. Tui, Europe's largest tour operator, offered an optimistic outlet by saying summer bookings are close to pre-COVID levels. They also said average price of trips are up around about a fifth as consumers opt for more luxurious hotels and packages. The removal of travel restrictions for vaccinated travellers in the UK has prompted an uptick in bookings in its second biggest market. It said summer holiday bookings are up 19% compared to the same period in 2019. The forecast comes after the group reported revenue of 2.3 billion euros in the final quarter of last year. That was five times higher than last year, although still a third lower than what we saw in 2019. Said so they would start to repay some of that 4 billion euros they took in terms of state government loans uh, at the height of the pandemic. I bet a litre of milk is about 7 euros in Switzerland, isn't it? It is expensive in Switzerland, quite right. frankly, you're right. Foreign ex- exchanges, please. Pound against the dollar coming in at 135, euro dollar coming in at 114, and it would take around about, uh, what? <laughs> Six pounds to get you enough money to buy a <laughs> litre of milk in, uh, right. in France, apparently, this morning. One euro, 18 and a half. Come on, right. You know, uh, OK. Uh, Terrible. Hope you got Terrible. Your, hope you got your Swiss francs and uh, pack your suitcase with all the gold bullion you're going to put in your private Swiss bank account. I uh, just ha- hope that you can, you know, resettle, <laughs> can reorganise and come back in a week or so's time. Have a lovely holiday. I've got to go. information for the listeners. Goodbye. On FM and DAB Plus across the Côte d'Azur, on your phone and worldwide online. This is Riviera Radio with the latest local news for the south of France. Sarah Lyce says the top stories across the Riviera. Police in the VAR have launched an appeal following the disappearance of a 14-year-old girl on February the 6th. Manon Schleckner reportedly ran away from home in her father's car, a black Peugeot 308 with the registration number FA015RT. She was at the time wearing a grey tracksuit bottoms, a white T-shirt and a black hooded jacket. The teenager was last spotted the following day on February the 7th in Avignon. Police in Lorg, in charge of the investigation, are looking for any witnesses to come forward. They can be contacted on 0494 737011. And that information is also on our website, rivieradio.mc, and our Facebook page, 106.5 Riviera Radio. In other news this Wednesday morning, several villas in Cap d'Antibes have been evacuated following a gas leak. The incident occurred in the Garoupe district on Tuesday morning as residents were evacuated while emergency services and agents from the gas board intervened. Seven people have been questioned by police in Corsica and the Paca region in connection with an arson attack on a restaurant in southern Corsica dating back to July 2021. Several arrests were made on Tuesday as part of the investigation into the incident. The attack was made on the Hotel Bella Vista in Ajaccio with the terrace of the hotel being ravaged by flames. No casualties were reported and the investigation continues. Two 16-year-olds have been arrested in Cannes for attempting to steal a scooter. The incident occurred in the early hours of Tuesday morning. The two teenagers were caught red-handed thanks to CCTV footage and will appear in court in the coming days. An internal investigation is currently underway at the university in Cannes after a teacher was suspended for not wearing a mask. The incident occurred following an altercation with a student when the teacher arrived in class not wearing a mask. Several earth tremors have been recorded in the VAR region. At least 14 small earthquakes were recorded between Monday and Tuesday night in Draguignan. A rather rare event, the strongest tremor was detected at 5.13am on Tuesday morning with a magnitude of 2.3.
A 22-year-old homeless man from Cannes has treated himself to a fine dining experience without paying the bill. According to local reports, the individual went to one of the town's finest restaurants and ordered food, wine, coffee and dessert before finishing off his experience with a cocktail, at which point he told staff that he could not pay the bill. Arrested and placed in police custody, the man justified his actions by saying he has to eat. He is to appear in court in April. The ski resort of Oran in the Alp-Maritime has experienced historically low snowfall, with no snow since January the 8th. The last snowfall greater than 10 centimetres dates back to Christmas Day. Forecasters say snow is on its way, expected on Monday, February the 14th. However, they warn that the natural snow cover will probably not return to normal this season. The body of an Italian woman has been discovered at her home two years after her death. And the 70-year-old woman, found mummified in her chair more than two years after her death, has sent shockwaves through Italy, reviving the debate about the loneliness of the elderly. Marinella Berletta, who no longer had a living relative, was found in her home in Prestino near Lake Como in Lombardy, north of Italy. Her neighbours hadn't seen her in the, at least two and a half years, according to media reports. In Italy, nearly 40% of people over 75 live alone. The same percentage of people have no relatives or friends to turn to when in need. Berita's neighbours, who hadn't seen her since September 2019, thought that she had moved at the start of the pandemic, which hit Italy in early 2020. Police found nothing at the scene that could suggest a suspicious death. In national news in France, France's Minister of Health has announced an increase in the number of beds in intensive care in hospitals in France. Olivier Verin made the announcement on Tuesday without specifying when. The increase will see 1,000 additional beds, an increase of 20% on the current capacity. Finally, although he's not a candidate, French President Emmanuel Macron remains firmly in the lead in voting intentions for the presidential election, according to a poll conducted by Elab. Two months ahead of the first round of the 2022 presidential elections, the race is tightening behind Macron between far-right Marine Le Pen and Eric Zemmour, along with Republican Valérie Pécresse. However, in the second round, none of these three candidates seem to be doing well against Macron. The poll shows that if he was to face his closest rival, Valérie Pécresse, he's given 54% of voting intentions, compared to 46% for Pécresse. Marine Le Pen would reach 44%, compared to 56 for the head of state. And against Eric Zemmour, Emmanuel Macron would win more widely, given 64% of the voting intentions, compared to 36% for his potential opponent. And meanwhile, the Constitutional Council has validated a sufficient number of sponsorships for candidates Anne Hidalgo and Valérie Pécresse, now certain to be on the starting line of the first round. Hidalgo and Pécresse have obtained the 500 sponsorships necessary from local elected officials to be able to run for president. The Republican candidate received 939, while the representative of the Socialists obtained 652 signatures. Emmanuel Macron, without being officially a candidate, has already since last week collected 926 sponsorships. Riviera Radio, Sports News.
The Nordic nations lead the medals table on day five of the Winter Games in Beijing. Norway has four gold medals and a total of nine, with Sweden in second place with four golds and a total of seven. Success in the skating events has taken the Netherlands into third place with three gold medals and a total of seven, while China and Germany have three gold medals each, with Italy on two and France with one. There are six medal events today in women's alpine skiing, men's big air freestyle skiing, luge doubles, Nordic combined women's snowboard cross and men's short track speed skating. Still haven't found out how you uh, slow down on a luge. I was looking at it yesterday and I couldn't couldn't see how they were doing it. Do they not pull a lever or something? There must be a... I'll look it up and then our misery will be over. Football. There were three games in the English Premier League last night. Here are the details from BBC Sports. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Hello, I'm Paul Serres at the BBC Sports Centre. The Premier League returns on Tuesday following a two-week winter break. Fourth place Manchester United travel to bottom club Burnley in one of three matches. The United boss Ralph Rangnick has confirmed that midfielder Jesse Lingard will be in the squad. Lingard was linked with a loan move to a number of clubs during the recent transfer window, but will return alongside Edinson Cavani, who's been injured recently. Both are top professionals. Both have been training well with regard to uh, uh, Jesse. I have a very good relationship with him. He knows that I would have been willing to let him go, at least until the issue with Mason came up. There was no problems whatsoever between myself and, 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 and Jesse um, and vice versa. Elsewhere, Everton boss Frank Lampard has defended new signing Delhi Alley ahead of their trip to Newcastle. The former England manager Glenn Hoddle said the 25-year-old looks like he'd been dragged off the street when he was presented to the club's fans at half-time during Saturday's FA Cup win against Brentford. Lampard says he only cares what his new signing does on the pitch. I don't care what car he drives, what, what clothes he wears. As long as I get a lad that comes to training every day, wants to improve every day, respects the club, respects his teammates and then produce you know, and give everything to produce. But everyone has their own individual personality. To try and handcuff that or restrict that, I think could be detrimental. So as I say, as long as players do the right behaviours when it comes to football and doing the right things, I've got no worries. In the other game on Tuesday, fifth place West Ham host relegation threatened Watford. Hammers boss David Moyes says it was only a matter of time before Roy Hodgson was back in management. This again, him coming back again at his age, and I'm saying, oh, I don't know if I could ever do that because it seems that uh, you know he's been going on forever, Roy. But he's got a great passion, great love of the game, a drive that he wants to stay out in the training pitch. So I think it will give Watford a really good chance of uh, of staying up. And for more football news from the BBC, go to bbc.com forward slash football. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Hang on, I was listening to that. I thought I'd heard this before and uh, for Frank Lampard speaking there, and it was actually yesterday's bulletin, so I don't know why they sent us the wrong one again. Uh, it doesn't happen very often, but once in a while it does. So I'll tell you the results from last night. Newcastle beat Everton 3-1, West Ham beat Watford 1-0, and Burnley got a 1-1 draw against Manchester United. There are four games tonight. Manchester City against Brentford, Sarah. No, it's got to be Man City. I would think so. Norwich against Crystal Palace. They've been picking up a bit, Norwich. Mm, they have, but yeah, no, I'm going to go for Crystal Palace. I'm going to go for a Norwich win. Spurs against Southampton. Spurs. Yeah, and Aston Villa against Leeds. Aston Villa. Villa, yeah. In the English Championship last night, Coventry and Blackpool drew one all. Derby beat Hull 3-1. Fulham with 3-0 wins over Millwall. Luton beat Barnsley 2-1. And Stoke beat Swansea 3-0. 
Uh, there are no brakes on the loose sled. Oh, so how do they stop? Well, the course is at the end, it gets a bit flatter, so I think they just slow down naturally. I don't know. But did you know that um, luge racing was a uh, Viking invasion? The invasion. Vikings and, yeah, invention. Uh, uh, invention. Sorry. Invasion. <laughs> they invaded they did, with yeah. their invention. Uh, the first confirmed modern-day luge competition was in Switzerland in 1183. It became an Olympic event in 1964, uh, but it was uh, actually started by the Vikings who used to race each other down hills. Well, I guess that's, they, you know, they did come from the colder Before they did a bit of pillaging so, yeah, on the side. They... Yeah. <laughs> uh, cricket, the veteran England bowlers James Anderson and Stuart Broad have been left out of the squad for the Test Series in the West Indies. England's interim team manager Andrew Strauss has stressed it's not the end of their England careers, but said it was important for other younger bowlers to be given a chance. Anderson, who's 39, is England's all-time leading wicket-taker with 640 wickets in 169 tests, while Broad has taken 537 wickets in 152 matches. And in Formula 1, Lewis Hamilton has been at the Mercedes factory this week as speculation continues over whether he'll race next season. The seven-time world champion has shared some pictures of himself doing physical training and preparation and has reported to complete some pre-season tasks. The 37-year-old is still upset about how last season ended after race director Michael Massey failed to follow safety car procedure in the closing laps of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, which saw Max Verstappen lift the Drivers' Championship. Hamilton is not expected to make a decision on whether to return to the sport until the FIA inquiry into the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix is finished and its findings published. Here's the marine weather forecast for coastal areas up to 20 miles offshore the Almaraz, even the VAR. The general situation is an anti-cyclone 1037 millibars over France. Winds are southwesterly, force 3 to 5, locally force 6. The sea is uh, moderate, visibility is good. Barometric pressure at Saint Jean Cap for 1,031 millibars. And the outlook for Thursday clear skies, force 4 to 6 southwesterly winds, moderate seas, and good visibility. For North Corsica, winds are southwesterly, force 3 to 5. The sea is slight to moderate, visibility is good. Barometric pressure at Cap Course, 1,030 millibars. And the outlook for Thursday clear skies, force 3 to 4 southwesterly winds, slight seas, and good visibility. Riviera Radio Weather. I can't believe this weather just keeps going on and on. Clear skies, moderate southwesterly winds, temperatures 15 to 17 degrees, overnight lows 5 to 8 degrees on the coast, 3 degrees inland with clear skies. Thursday and Friday mainly fine, highs of 12 to 15 degrees. Did you say there might be some snow in the mountains next week? It's going to change this weekend. Oh, they were for saying, all of us. I think so, oh, yeah, dear. pretty much so. Next week's not looking terribly clever. I can't complain really, can we? You can't complain what with climate <laughs> change, it's not really normal, is as it? As long as we don't get torrential damage which uh, quite often happens after it's been dry for a long time. Uh, finally. Finally, well, it's good news this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. Is 60 the new 40, or rather 76, as new research has shown that you now hit old age at 76. Now, that's the figure which has emerged from a survey of over 60s. Research found the most pensioners feel that about 12 years younger than their actual age thanks to sporting activities, puzzle solving, Mr Harrison, and spending time with grandchildren. One in ten even said they had more energy than their children and would be capable, sorry, of working as a spy or a private investigator. Frog in your throat. It's working as a spy or a private investigator. No. Why would you do that? What book? 
whatever floats your boat, really. <laughs> well, the re- research found that the average Briton aged 60 or over feels 12 years, five months younger uh, than their actual age. I'm not 60. No, you're not. Miles away from it. <laughs>